The slightly red day today on the bubbles, but don't be disillusioned because we are going to get some red days in this bull market. And I was talking to a friend of mine today who's not in crypto, and he said to me, you know, you guys are going to make so much money in this crypto bull market that normal people are actually going to hate you for the amount of money that you've made. And that just gave me perspective about the world that we live in. We live in a world where you can make 100x gains and you can make 200x gains uh, very, very, very easily. Um, in fact, this weekend, I've had one of the best weekends trading that I've ever had. And I want to share that with you. But before that, what I want to do today is I want to speak to a very good friend of mine. It's James from Invest Answers. And we, we, we're great buddies and we, we, we build portfolios together and we educate people together. And um, I think... We are two people that have really, really, really called the market right. One is we called the bottom. Two is we called a lot of tokens. Um, uh, we called Solana and a whole lot of other tokens, and we both had the conviction against everybody else. Whilst er while everybody else was saying that Solana is dead and Solana won't work, James and I were doubling down and tripling down, and today we're bearing the fruit. So today what I'm going to do with James is we're going to talk about the bull market. We're going to talk about tokens that you need to have in, in your portfolio and why, and we're going to get you guys super, super, super ready for 2024. So, Sunday afternoon show, uh, unplanned show. We had to have a lot of fun. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. Listen, not every day can be a green day. Yesterday was amazing. And if you just zoom out and you look at the week, the week's been amazing. We've got some big gains. Helium 64%, Injective up Injective up 57% this week. Even ICP, which we spoke about on the show. And by the way, I took a quite a nice position in ICP, up 106% this week. Um, some of the AI tokens up. My short on FTT, uh, I closed it yesterday at about $3.60 or $3.70. So it's been a great day. And today we're going to make the day even better because we're here. We're talking to James from Invest Answers. We're going to be talking about 2024. We're going to be talking about how long the bull market's going to be. We're going to be talking about what you need to have in your portfolio. It's a bonus show that we bring you right here on Banter Plus. And remember, if you're not already subscribed to Banter Plus, subscribe now because this is where we're going to bring you all the plus content. So I'm watching. I'm watching you guys subscribe. Come on. Come on. Come on. Smash the subscribe button. Let's do this. Let's, let's bang the subscribers up here. Put on notifications too. And I'll tell you why you need to put on notifications because we're going on vacation now. And uh, whilst we're on vacation, the show times aren't going to be the normal show times. So if you want to know when we're doing shows while we're on vacation, you need to subscribe and you need to hit notifications. So if you're not, if you don't have notifications on, you won't know when we're coming and the shows aren't going to be like the normal shows that we have every single day. So make sure that you subscribe, join the movement, join the community. And yeah, let's have some fun today. Um, also, just remember that if you haven't yet entered the winner Bitcoin competition, you don't have much time left. You've got uh, until Christmas, which is about eight days away, seven days away, no, nine days away uh, to subscribe. All you need to do is you need to have a, uh, any exchange account using a crypto banter link. And if you don't have a crypto banter link, just take it, take it and open an account here. There's accounts here for people that live anywhere in the world. CoinW for the Americans, BitGet for uh, the UK and Canadians, Bybit for the rest of the world, OKX. And then you get five chances to predict the price of Bitcoin on the 1st of the 1st, 2024. If you get that right, you win a full Bitcoin. Simple as that. I mean, where else in the world can you win a full Bitcoin? I can see some people making predictions. 43,265, maybe. This guy's saying 30,000. I mean, he's definitely wrong. 47,000, good chance for 47,000. In fact, let's ask actually James what he thinks the price of Bitcoin is going to be at the end of the year. James, how are you, my friend? Very good. How are you doing? Always love doing shows with you, bro. We don't do enough shows. Uh, we did quite a few in the bear market. We used to do DCA together. 
But uh, I mean, now, and I remember the last time we did a show, we actually built a portfolio together. So we should actually go through the portfolio show and see how the portfolios actually did. Um, first of all, I want to say to you, well done, because uh, you, I think you've had a banger over you. I've been watching your content. I've been watching, um, I've been watching your calls. I've been watching the conviction that you have. Despite what the haters say, you, you keep going and your calls have been, you, you must have had an incredible year. <laughs> it's been the best year ever, yes, 2023. But as they say, billions are made in the bear. So that's exactly what happened. You, you, pre you prepared your portfolio in the bear market. <laughs> exactly. But it's kind of funny because uh, you've probably seen the same thing. Um, in the bear market, people are pissed off because prices go down. And in the bull market, people are pissed off because they're not on the right trains. <laughs> Have you seen the same thing? It's true. Like you can see in the comments it's true. right now, but it's right. Yeah. I must say, I must say, it, I have I have a big problem trying to control my FOMO. So it's like one of the things that I'm really working on is trying to control not jumping onto moving trains. Um, and you know, like in the last bull market, that's one of the things that wrecked me was jumping onto the trains too late. And I'm doing my best to not jump onto trains uh, too late this bull market. And the, and the way that I actually worded it was, I said, look, the bull market is actually a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And don't try and win the marathon 10 kilometers into the marathon. We still have 75% of the marathon to go. Um, and, so, and so you probably have 75% of tokens that haven't even started running that need to run. And you shouldn't try and catch them all now. That's, that's one, of the, one of the things that I'm really trying to control myself in this bull market. I don't, I don't know if you have that same, that same issue. Well, uh, in reality, um, my calp is back in the 90s. Less assets with higher conviction always wins. So the question is, you know, if you have a hundred pieces, <laughs> your 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 losers are going to drag down your winners. The key is to identify the winners early and play where the puck is going to be, as per Wayne Gretzky in ice hockey. That's so, the way you play the game. So quite interesting. Quite interesting. Uh, you say you you want to have less assets with more conviction, um, and we made a portfolio. In the bear, it was, it was during the bear, right? And it in was December first, twenty twenty-two. Yes, a year ago. December first, twenty twenty-two. We both made a portfolio. It was it was peak bear market. In fact, it was probably the bottom, right? Uh, it was about a week after the bottom, or two weeks after the bottom. Okay, do me a favor. Call up that portfolio. All right. Let, let, let's take a look. So, James. So James and I did a show in December 2022, and we both built a portfolio. We said it's time to build a portfolio for the bull market. I think if I remember correctly that I had more tokens in my portfolio, right? Yes, you did. Um, this is kind of the result of where we are today. This is a live portfolio tracker. <laughs> we, actually, uh, we actually built this during the bear. And uh, as an example, so people can build a hypothetical portfolio and build a real one. And, you know, you could be a high risk degen portfolio or a very conservative one. And a lot of very interesting things happened during the bear market and over the last 12 months. Uh, one of them is Ethereum and Uniswap. It seems like the old technology is just floundering and the new stuff is getting all the attention. Yes, and even... Yeah. Super new, new stuff is just exploding like hell. So this is kind of um, the quick and dirty summary. It's a bit of an eye chart, but I've got, these are your gainers and uh, from your portfolio. And it's a linear chart. It's not a log chart. So a lot of things like are we hardly register because you have things that went up 1700%, like Injective. Injective was a great call. Kuji, 
and Render. They're your, your top three really good winners that made a ton of money. The other stuff, you know, did well too. Like, it's so funny you say, oh, well, this one only made 500%. But compared to seventeen hundred percent, it's nothing. So I had so I had much kind of, more assets than you. So I had much more assets. Than you. How yeah. much did my portfolio do in the year? Uh, your portfolio so far, as of live right now, it's it's we both invested two thousand dollars each. Your value is. Let me try and read this. I want to make sure I get the exact numbers correct. You can probably read it better than I. Um, is it three five one two? Okay, so two thousand. Three and a half thousand. So you're up 175% in a okay. year. Okay. And how was your portfolio? You went into a lot less tokens, if I remember correctly, and you went heavier into yeah. all the tokens. Exactly. I, I'm at 3,800. So I'm okay. up, I beat you by three, 300 bucks. Not bad. But not bad. The real the key, key is the breakdown. What I did was um, I went heavy into Solana. And although I didn't get the as you got the 1700% gainers. I didn't have any injective. I did buy it after the fact to my personal account because I did a should I buy video and uh, I was like, wow, I missed that one. But you can't catch them all. And that's very important okay. for investors to understand because if you spend your life chasing, you're going to lose. Exactly. You got to get in before they this pop. So you can see all my gainers were made on Solana and then the graph made a little bit and then Bitcoin. Bitcoin. The, big, the biggest stinker. The biggest surprise was, you know, things like Ethereum and Uniswap and Matic. Matic is down. I think you had a little bit of Matic too, if I'm not mistaken. A little mistaken. bit, yeah, yeah a did. little bit. Yeah. Well, let's actually talk so, about, let, let's actually talk about, let's actually get into individual tokens. And guys, just remember to smash the like button because this is an unscheduled stream. So if we want our friends to join these unscheduled streams, then uh, the only way to do it is if you guys smash the like button. Also, so you guys are doing a magic job subscribing. So keep subscribing to this channel. We need you on this channel. This is where we're going to bring you, be bringing you all the amazing, amazing, amazing weekend and, 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 and bonus content. All right, let's, let's go into the order of the day. First of all, let's talk about your bull market thesis. We are, I mean, I take it that you believe that we're in a raging bull market at the moment. Um, I saw this tweet from Wrecked Capital where he says he thinks we're about 30% of the way into the bull market, 29% the way into the bull market. Do you, does your view align with this? Like, do you think we are about 30% of the way in? If yes, that means we've probably got about 600 days to go until we reach the top. How do you see the, how do you see the timing of the bull market? Yeah, so I break it into stages. Um, it was about January 15th or January 17th of this year. I categorized the bull market as early bull. So we have early bull and full bull. Full bull we hit a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so the first 11 months of the run has been done. That's early bull where you get good gains, you know, doubling, maybe a little bit more, 160% is Bitcoin. Now we're going into the full bull run and that will last typically. So what's happening now this time is really interesting because things are going up higher earlier than before. Things are harder, which means scarcer, and there's more demand, more adoption, there's more education. So everybody's front-running everything, which okay. is kind of what happens, which means we're going up earlier, faster, which means the having process will be different than ever before, which means we could end earlier. But there's also another caveat to that theory, and that is adoption is going through the roof, fiat currencies around the world are in shambles. And we have an ETF coming January 10th, 8th, 9th, something like that is a very high probability, 90% plus probability is going to happen. When that happens, and because of the scarcity, I actually, I, I did a little slide yesterday. I'd see if I can pull it up. 
I kind of summarized all the top 10 points. I will pull it up if you give me one second. There we go. Um, it was I love, I love meeting with you, James, because you always come so prepared, bro. You're always so prepared. <laughs> well, this is, this is uh, let me see if I can share this screen. And uh, it's a kind of like a quick and dirty little list of why I believe uh, this there is a go. special time. One, there's only 1.8 now to 2 million Bitcoin left in exchanges. BlackRock, to fill their bag with their reach and assets under management and their Aladdin program and the pension funds and everything else, they're going to leave at least, at least a million Bitcoin. Right? So half of what's on exchanges will be a eaten million by Bitcoin. Yes. Over, okay. over a year and a half to three years. We don't know how quickly they're going to be able to accumulate, but that demand is going to send the thing through the roof. Also, there's 12 other ETFs, and then another six to follow after that. There'll be 18 in total, and they're all going to be vying for this very scarce supply. And uh, also, some interesting news, like Financial Times came out and called Bitcoin an ESG investment because it uses stranded energy. It's actually an environmentally friendly thing for an economy to make money rather than just waste electricity because storing electricity is extremely difficult to do. Uh, and also nation states are beginning to mine. If you look at the total global hash and you look at it for the, to the public miners, the hash is a lot higher than all the public miners control. Yes. So somebody is mining on the sly, but we don't know if it's in Kazakhstan or in a volcano somewhere in El Salvador. This is the interesting thing too. Also treasury assets, you know, the FASB accounting changes were issued last week. Nation states, they're buying gold in those places that have terrible fiats. And it's only a matter of time before they start stacking some Bitcoin as well. And 78% of the people that hold Bitcoin are not selling. So that's the quick and dirty list as to why Bitcoin has never, never, ever been this hard or as bullish. And I think this run could be very interesting. So I, so I must say, I agree with you. I am, I'm optimistically cautious. I do believe that there is a small chance that we get a curveball in January though. And I don't know what that means, but I just know it's a path for Max Payne for the market is that it's not, you know, everyone is expecting the ETF in January. And I, one thing I've learned about markets, James, and I think you've been around for, for as long as I have, is that if everyone is expecting a certain outcome, the market will give you exactly the opposite outcome or the market will, will do something to screw everybody over. So as much as I'm optimistic, I have taken a couple of hedges. I actually used a Deribit and I bought some puts on Bitcoin just in case we don't get the ETF. My rationale is easy. If we do get the ETF, we get the insane demand and the price goes up and I've got nothing to worry about. If we don't, I need to hedge my portfolio. Like, and again, I'm just, I'm just worried because I know that, that Gary Gensler has an anti-crypto uh, angle. I know he's not, he, he's not looking for the best intention of us. He's looking for the best intention for Elizabeth Warren. And she's completely, completely, completely anti-crypto. And so I'm just worried that they're pumping the market, making us believe we're going to get an ETF come January, find a technicality and delay us till March or April. And then people will say, hey, this is like, you know, I don't know. I, I, that's, I'm, I'm just preparing myself in case that scenario happens. What do you think? Yeah, well, first of all, if you look at the on-chain data, there is a couple of things. One, it's been a full-blown institutional game this year. It's not a retail game. Retail listened to Twitter yes. and they stayed off the train. All right. So they haven't gotten their positions yet and they're dying they're very upset very angry and you can see the you can gauge the temperature of the room uh online that's the first part so they need to get on the train if like we did a dip you know down to 40k it was down there for minutes and it shot back up to 41 i actually bought more bitcoin at 41,000 myself and uh i think it 
it may not dip below 40k even if there is disappointment any dip is bought up and so many people are aware of this asset money managers are aware of it it's a matter of time before it gets approved and remember as well the sec and gensler is not the be all end all of what this is all about and if you look at the money flows into global etps and etfs not american ones because they don't exist Mm. it's bombastic so from that perspective don't expect a flash crash to 30k 35k i don't see it happening so do you think, do you, I mean, I, I know ever is a very long way away, but I mean, certainly in the next 12 to 24 months, do you not think that we get a Bitcoin under 35,000? No. Okay. Not, not with, not with it was the state of the union, the cutting of interest rates, the increase in global liquidity, the hardness. Mm, uh, it just, I agree. It just can't. I, I don't see it happening. Okay, but now let me, give you some, let me give you some perspective. I, I respect your answer. I just, uh, again, we've both been here for a very long time. Um, and one thing I want to show is I want to show you previous bull markets. That's 2020 yeah. 20 to 21. Bitcoin went from 3,800 to 69,000 or whatever the number is. But we did have 20% and 31% and 26% corrections along the way. And then uh, the 2017 bull, we had, um, I don't have it in front of me, but we had in the 2017 bull, we had... Uh, multiple corrections to 30% or, or, or whatever the number was. Do you don't think that that cycle is going to repeat itself? The most dangerous words in investing is this time is different. This time is different. There's more adoption. There's more users. There's more knowledge. And there's more hardness. And this mm. thing is about to become <laughs> doubly as scarce in, so, what, 120 days? So. so so let me show you something. So this was 2017. The, you could say the average big, big correction was around 33%. Kind, kind of like you can do that. If you look at 2021, the average big correction was about 25%. So because the, the asset becomes harder and more mainstream, you get more liquidity, more buyers, you get less dips. If we extrapolate that forward, we could say that the, the average dip here will be like 20%, which is kind of like what we've been seeing. We've been seeing these 20% little, little, little flash crashes. Like like we had we had the move which was what was it ten percent hit down from forty five to forty so yeah a little over so call it twelve percent uh, yeah that can happen the problem we have though is for the first time ever we're going into a cycle where it's it just there's just less and less of it and there's more and more adoption so if you apply the basic laws of economics. Yep. This thing cannot fall like it did in the past. And the whales, okay, the whales used to come in on a Sunday night. And I remember watching this and they drop, what, 8,000 Bitcoin or 4,000 Bitcoin or 2,000 Bitcoin on an exchange and dump it, liquidate the longs, and then buy it all back up. The problem now, people know how to snipe. People know how to grab stuff back. So the whales can't even play that game anymore because they risk losing their Bitcoin. Hmm. So it's a, it's a very different animal, very different animal. All right, so now let's talk about, okay, we both had, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about a lot of tokens, but I think the one we need to start off with is Solana, and I also want to talk about Ethereum. Let me tell you my views on Solana versus Ethereum, and I think we share similar views. So I think that once you've used Solana and you experience the power of fast, cheap, everything on one chain without that stupid bridge that takes you to Arbitrum and then from Arbitrum mm-hmm. back to Matic and from Matic back to Ethereum. And each one of them gives you a panic attack every time you send it over the bridge because it doesn't actually bridge immediately and you have to hold your breath and hope that the bridge actually happened correctly. You go onto Solana, it's a completely, completely, completely seamless process. The more I use Solana, the, the less 
the more I realize why I, why, I should, why I should probably never, ever use Ethereum ever again. And I think that because we're so early in the bull market, in the crypto world, not in the bull market, in the crypto world, I think that it's not too late for a new technology to replace Ethereum. I think Ethereum is, it has been amazing. And I think in the first 10 kilometers of a marathon, Ethereum has done very well. But I think in the next part of the marathon, Solana, Solana obliterates Ethereum. And I think it, it happens on pretty much every metric. And so like I saw a couple of metrics. Um, I mean, I saw this tweet said, going to be real with you guys, been on Sol for like two hours, don't really see a reason to go back to ETH for the rest of the cycle. If I want security, I'll go buy some Bitcoin. Um, that's one tweet. Uh, we flipped Ethereum in DEX volume. Um, TVL, we don't have as much TVL on the chain, obviously not. Um, we flipped Ethereum in, um, in, in, in DEX volume. We, we flipped Ethereum in um, daily, in, we flipped BNB chain in daily active users in, in the last couple of days. I'm just wondering how you see this playing out. Do you think that this is a phase and that, like, you know, last year we had phases where people went from chain to chain. First they went to Solana, then they went to Avalanche. Or do you think that now Solana's become this, like, this, I'm not going to say ETH eater, but maybe like an ETH competitor? Yeah, it's, it's all about adoption and numbers and activities. And it was pretty clear in 2021 that if there ever was an ETH killer, it would be Solana. And then I became a meme in 2022 mm. and everything else. Like it was a rough year, but it, the conviction never never changed. The fundamentals never changed. I did a video uh, this week with Mert. You know Mert very well. Yeah. He is the, like when it comes to technical proficiency in crypto, you know, I went through the whole thing as, is it the consensus trade? And it was overwhelming. Yes, he's 80% sure it is the consensus trade. And I've got tons of data points that I can show you that, you know, first of all, in seven days, Solana flipped, um, it, this is the, the video, Solana flipped Ethereum on NFT volume. And then six or seven days later, it flipped it on DEX volume. That I did not expect to happen. And we track all the data uh, let me make sure I share it with you here. Um, I, hang on. I've got a big uh, data sheet where you track all the smart contract platforms. And the number of not only daily transactions, 26 million, but the number of users, daily active users now, 1.1 million. Tron is the only one with higher daily active users, 1.4. But that's all kind of uh, a lot of Chinese gamblers on there. That's been there for a long time. And Tron is a separate kettle of fish. But the breadth of dApps that are being used on Solana and the activity by users is second to none. And that's what's really impressive. But for it to flip Ethereum so fast kind of took me aback. Uh, in addition, as I've been sharing all year, the money flow all year, all the money has gone into Solana and Bitcoin. All right. Not Ethereum. We'll get back to Ethereum in a second. You know, Santiago Royal. Yeah. Uh, he basically said 20%, 25% chance that Sol would flip Ethereum. It is doing it already on mm. key metrics, which is stunning. Of course, the market cap, you know, I remember I did a video and Solana was at 4% of ETH market cap. And I said on the video, there's nothing more absurd in this world. Something has to happen. Either the market cap of ETH has to tank or this market cap of Solana has to spike. And we all know what happened after that. Uh, but it was just crazy. Um, so there's a chance of that. Uh, you know, the old, this is the other thing that's most important. And there's a beautiful meme. I wish I could find where do you it. Get the, where do you get this data from? Because I've been looking for the source like, to try and get this data on, on a real-time basis. Where do you get this data from? 
Yeah, this one I found in Discord somewhere. I don't remember exactly where it came from. I did save it as a link somewhere, but I'll, I'll okay. dig it up and I'll find it for you. But what's interesting, this is only for one day, you know, yeah. like a point in time. It's, it's, today is probably even more extreme. But there's a funny meme on Twitter I saw about a year ago, and it was like a caveman discovering fire for the first time. And somebody kind of memed it as like an Ethereum user using Solana for the first time. And it's just, you know, the people, somebody uh, yesterday tried to move, I think it was a dollar worth of Ethereum and it cost $19 to move it. <laughs> it was like, it just makes no sense. And then Bitcoin fees are exploding too. So that's that's what's happening. All the assets are quickly. And I always say that uh, crypto is very fickle and people move very fast. There's not much loyalty once they have a better experience, better, cheaper, faster, more secure. And then this is kind of the other thing that I did yesterday, which I thought was very interesting. And I'd like to run this by you to get mm -hmm. your thoughts. So, for example, last time the crypto market cap went over $3 trillion, the all-time high total mm -hmm. crypto market cap. This time, conservatively, it's going to break $5 trillion. Very conservatively. There's very far more use cases, et cetera. Yeah. All right. Solana, I, you, you probably you followed me on Twitter. I did a Solana dominance tweet. And... The maximum Solana dominance that I ever hit during FTX manipulation time was 2.65% of the total crypto market cap. Mm -hmm. It's over 2.2% now. Mm -hmm. So it's going to 3%. Oh, All right. I think that, I think, I think that, that is, is stupidly conservative. I think, if you think that, I think if you think that at the end of the cycle, Sol, Sol has a, a dominance of 3%, I think that that is ridiculously, ridiculously conservative. Okay, so let's take these two parameters only, and I, I, can, I can model this a million ways to Sunday, but I just took two basic parameters that are sandbagged to hell. CMC goes to 5 trillion, easy, slam dunk? Mm -hmm. Yeah, slam dunk. chance, slam dunk, okay. And then Sol dominance, you say that's stupid, it's way too low. I think Sol dominance, goes, I think Sol dominance goes closer to 10%, 8 to 10%. Okay. But okay, but the carry math on. Behind, but the math behind this, if we get a CMC of 5 trillion and Sol dominance at 3%, 3% of 5 trillion is 150 billion. Divide that by the number of tokens, the current market cap, you get a solid target price of 363. That's 4.84 times $75. I think the price now is about $74, $73. That is outrageous considering you could have bought so, it for eight bucks a year ago. So my target is about $450. So my target on Sol is about $450. The logic for my target was something like this. I don't, I don't have the maths in front of me, but let me just quickly... Um, find you the logic so we can just quickly go through it. I said, look, if I look at the ETH market cap today, the ETH market cap today is about $268 million, $268 billion, $270 billion. My feeling is that at the end of the cycle, ETH uh, Solana has the same market cap that ETH has at the, at, the, at the beginning of the cycle. If I look at the market cap of Solana now, I think it's about 41, 41. That gives Solana an 8x to get to, what's it? So, um, it's a 7x, 7x on, yeah. on, uh, on where we are today. It's about $480. So like, I kind of said, look, I'm not going to say that, that ETH's going to, that Solana's going to flip ETH. That, that's probably unrealistic. But does it make sense that at the end of the cycle, Solana has the same traction and the same market cap that ETH has at the beginning of the cycle? If that's the case, there's an easy 7x in Solana. Let me also just give you another data point. I remember the last time Solana was at $74. Uh, let me quickly just get get the last time that, that Solana was at, at $74. It's here. 
Uh, and let me just zoom out for those who, there were a lot of people who weren't here when that happened, but here it is. This is the last time Solana was at $78. The, the amount of time that it took Solana to get from that $78 to $260. Now, I know you shouldn't look at this because there was an FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried was pumping the bags and, and whatever else. It happened in, seven, in 70 days. In 70 days, we went from $78 to an all-time high of $260, $270. It's not impossible to think that this is a very different Solana. Let's just go through what changed on Solana. Number one, they are now battle-tested. You know, every chain needs to get battle-tested to see if it survived the test. Solana is very, very, very battle-tested. Number two, it's technologically proven and any vulnerabilities that they had technologically are now gone. They had the shutdowns and I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to, to admit that that wasn't a, a great look. But the reason why they had the shutdowns was because their transactions were so cheap that it was actually worth attacking the network because the cost of attacking the network with a billion transactions all at once was so low that it was actually worth doing it just to take the network down. But when they came up with localized fee markets, that stopped th that whole attack on Solana. So now this, the, the network works. Now the network is cheap. Now the network has adoption. Now developers are going, just think from a developer point of view. You're a dev. You're thinking to yourself, where should I develop my, my, my DAP? I want mainstream adoption. Where do I develop my DAP? Do I go somewhere where you have to bridge and bridge and bridge again and, and get lost in the spaghetti of bridges? Or do I just go into Solana, drop the fucking DAP on the main chain? My DAP can then interact with any other DAP because it's all on one chain and it just works and it's cheap and I never have to worry about fees ever again. Or do I go onto spaghetti, spaghetti ETH? And I don't know, I just don't see a reason for anyone to go into spaghetti ETH. And so to yeah, me- that, that was a big part of Mert's thesis as well. For a developer, even if you have like EVM skills, you can still port them over to the Solan chain now as well. But yeah. it's a no-brainer. If you have to invest your time and resources to building something, there's no better place to do it right now. That's least risky, and you get most return for your time investment. That was a you know, point there too. You know, like I get the thing when you say like uh, solidity skills and Rust skills and ETH, ETH development skills and stuff like that. But I also remind you that the the industry is still very new and for developers to learn new languages, it's not like me and you going to learn Mandarin. It's not like that. Like the base of all computer programming is the same. And you know, you, you have to make, usually you find developers and developers are like, you know, I can develop in Java, I can develop in C++, I can develop in, like they learn to develop new languages. It's not impossible. It's, it's sometimes it's just a weekend of tutorials or, or maybe like something like that. So I don't think that that's a big a big issue. Although I, I will concede that Rust is much more difficult than than than, than developing anything related to Ethereum. Like I, I will concede. Yeah. I, will, I will. I will concede let, that. Let me show you a money chart that will put everything in perspective. Um, this one here, real simple. I'm going to ask you to explain what this is. Okay, so it's a dashboard face-off ratio circulating market cap. I have no idea what you're showing me, bro. It's it's the market cap divided by daily active users. Okay. For all the chains, all right. So when you when you traditionally value an asset, whether it be Meta or Facebook or Google or whatever, sometimes Amazon, they look at the actual users because everything mm. the value of an enterprise is driven by network effect. Yes. But do you think so? Facebook, Meta, they currently value I think each user about two hundred two hundred fifty bucks, which is uh, considered. Rich. So you but want they can monetize that on a yearly basis. You want the lower number here, because the lower number says that the that that the user acquisition here, the the cost per user on the network is the market cap per user on the network is very low. So the ones that are high are probably artificially priced. So like, like if I look at 
uh, Dot and uh, STX and Cardano and Flow, it means they've got very high market cap, but very, very, very low users. And if I look exactly. at, at Tron, it's, it's a very high market cap, but it's got a lot of users. So that's kind of like it's a diversified chain with less risk. Yep, exactly. So if you look at, say, Ethereum, the actual value per user is $781,000 in market cap. That can never be redeemed. Mm. Unless, of course, the users are like JP Morgan moving billions and round or something like that. But I suppose uh, with average... Ethereum, it's different because I, I suppose Ethereum is a layer two, uh, a layer one for multiple layer two. So I, I suppose with Ethereum, there's the argument that says, okay, look, Ethereum's just a clearing chain. Actually, the users are all the users on Arbitrum and Optimism and Matic and, and all the layer twos. I get that argument a lot. And then what you can do is you can layer in all of the combined market caps for all the layer twos on top of that. And then you get a massive number altogether. Yes. <laughs> so it yes. cuts both ways. But but what's interesting here, even after the huge parabolic run of Solana, it's still only at $28,000 a user. twenty eight grand. Compare that to Cardano, 363000 Compare that to any other chain here. Uh, it, it's insane. So from that perspective, you know, people think, oh, Solana's already run. It's already too expensive. When you look at the fundamentals, it's not. Mm. And that's the important point for the audience to hear, too. Because I think your theme today is, is it too late or will 2024 be uh, great? Come on. And the answer is yes. Can I just, let's just put something into perspective again. Like, let's look at Ethereum in the last bull market. And let's look at Solana, this bull market. Where would you rather put your money? Ethereum in the last bull market with last bull market's adoption, last bull market's uh, uh, technology, or Solana in this bull market. So for me, again, you're talking about the market cap of Ethereum in the last bull market should equal more or less the traction that Solana has. And again, I know it's a very simplistic, it's, it's probably, but you got a $41 billion fully diluted valuation here. Like, uh, hold on. $41 billion fully diluted valuation, $30 billion market cap versus Ethereum's, Ethereum's market cap of, of uh, what's it, 200, we said 230 billion. It's just something is not making sense here. Now, look, I know that yeah. Ethereum has a whole lot more total value locked because there's more, there's more layer twos and there's more stuff built in it, but it doesn't make sense to me. I've used, I use both on a day to day. I use both on a daily basis. I dread using Ethereum. And I love using Solana. Solana is a pleasurable experience. Ethereum is a, it's a, it's a nightmare. Sorry, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So either way, it's going to be a, a fun run to see what happens. And uh, I'm very excited. So let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about some other layer ones. So, I mean, I think we both agree on Solana. Would you still be buying Ethereum? Or like, like we know the technology is not as good as Solana, but there are a lot of layer twos building on Ethereum. Uh, there is probably going to be an ETH ETF sometime during 2024 if a Bitcoin ETF gets approved. Would you be? Would you still hold Ethereum in a portfolio? And let me frame yes. the question. Let me frame the question to you even better. We're in crypto because we want to make life-changing returns. We're not here because we want to make 20, 30, 40, 60, 70 percent returns. If you wanted that, we'd go to the stock market. We're here because we want to make life-changing returns. Do you think Ethereum is still a place where you can make life-changing returns? I have no doubt that Ethereum will exist, but is it going to be a place where, is it the most optimal use of capital, of crypto capital? That's probably the answer, the question that I'm asking you. First of all, uh, you can make life-changing money in the stock market. My two biggest returns this year. NVIDIA uh, and MicroStrategy, let me guess. 
No, no, actually, uh, I so I have different thresholds like ten bagger, twenty bagger, thirty bagger. I have two fifty baggers this year, and one is from actually three because Clean Spark is is actually an infinity bagger because the cost base is zero because of options, but MicroStrategy and Meta were those big plays. So if you play the stock market right, especially with crypto proxies, it's insane. So everybody shouldn't dismiss that too. And also sometimes it's the only on-ramp for people. They can't buy, say, Solana in a retirement account, but now they can, like an OSOL or something. But anyway, back to your question. I have gone through the most excruciating burn brain debate in my head all year. And that was, should I ditch my ETH? Should I ditch my ETH? I bought all my ETH on one day in March, 2020. That was the first altcoin I ever bought. I've been in Bitcoin since 2017. And I bought it all in one day. I sold over two thirds of my bag, uh, as you did. I think you sold all your bag. But I did keep a little bit because number one, I can't be all in on Bitcoin and Solana. It's just too risky. Now I also have Injective and Render and a few other names, but it's just too risky to have all that portfolio concentration in case one asset blows up. Mm-hmm. Two, I do believe, despite ETH and all its problems, I do believe because of EIP 1559 and other things and being deflationary and spot ETF coming for Ethereum, it'll be a fast follower to Bitcoin. I do believe it has legs. And I do believe also that Ethereum could outperform Bitcoin. So it's kind of harmless to hold a little bit, but I do hold only a little bit compared to my whole portfolio of crypto. So from that perspective, it's not a position like it used to be for me. It's a tiny position just to keep the portfolio a little bit diversified. All right. So what, so are, your other, what are your other big positions? So you, you mentioned Injective. You mentioned uh, Render. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're, they're the big five. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Solana, those positions are now, like literally I began the year or a year ago, I was maybe 5% Solana. Now I'm nearly 50% Solana. But by virtue of its growth mm. and by virtue of heavy layering in during the bear market, it was just a glorious opportunity. And now it's exploded. And now I'm actually almost a little bit nervous that I'm too heavy in solana uh bitcoin i think is great but the only two assets i've bought anyway over the, over the last year that are crypto are injective render bitcoin solana and uh, i've also started a new um kind of an experimental portfolio that hopefully we can play with i we saw that i saw that you, is that the solana ecosystem portfolio you you, you made a solana yeah. ecosystem portfolio which has got things yeah, like radium yeah. orca um, I think actually, if, I may actually even have it up here. I may actually even have it. Ah, it even I, has uh, Bonk in there. <laughs> Bonk, Bonk's been amazing. Bonk's been amazing. Laugh as yeah. much as you want. So can we agree that every chain needs a meme coin? Like you have to have a meme coin, right? Like yeah. every chain needs a meme coin. So, so. Well, well, the stunning things about Bonk, right? So I do my homework on every single asset. The tokenomics and the crypto compendium score for Bonk is actually really impressive compared to, your Shiba craps and all these other mm. Samos and everything else. They, they don't like the, the quality of this project is really impressive. Also the integrations they have, and it is a community. This is one of the true things where a community can actually drive uh, a network effect. And in addition, the genius move by the saga phone, I remember people mocked Tolly for building a phone. But guess yes. what they did with that phone. They, they yeah. planted some bonk on it. And now you can't buy the phones for love nor money. I mean, it's genius. This is the power of community and network effect. And that is why I invested in Bonk. No, amazing. I mean, I mean, yeah, look, I think Bonk's great. I don't know if I'd be buying Bonk today after the Coinbase listing and the Binance listing. 
and everything else. Although, although it has to, it has actually taken a bit of a pullback. Uh, let's quickly just quickly just find it over here. I mean, yeah, it's still look, it's still it's still an amazing, amazing, amazing chart. You're talking about a chart of a token that has done. Uh, it's up three percent today too. <laughs> so it's thirteen. Like, like it's I, done thirteen thousand percent in the last thirteen thousand percent in the last two months, which is, I mean, you can't get that in the stock market. But again, what I also do is I look at relative market caps and adoption and all the ratios. So when you pull up the relative market caps of Bonk versus other meme coins, it's so, still crazy undervalued. And so it's, Bonk it's, two billion fully diluted. Uh, let's go to Shiba because so Shiba Shiba you could say is is so Shiba, Bonk two billion Shiba ten billion. That's that's a, yeah, and then Doge. Doge is I think thirteen billion if I'm not mistaken thirteen billion. Then you've got uh, 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 what's the one called uh, Pepe Pepe. So I'm, I'm not a big Pepe fan, um, but here it is five hundred seventy eight million. This was also at three billion at one point in time, and I think these guys did a whole lot of things wrong. And um, I think when you when you're leading a community, when you do things wrong, it it kind of becomes a little bit unforgivable. Bites you back. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Sure. Uh, tell me, tell me the thesis of why you bought Injective. So I'm, I'm, I, I've held Injective since since the ICO. So for me, it's a little bit unfair. But why? What made you buy Injective? What was the what was the thinking? What was the rationale there? Well, first of all, it had very very good uh, tokenomics. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see, and I have a quick little cheat sheet here to make sure I don't miss a step. Um, first of all, the tokenomics are very good. The Compendium score was the best of all the DEXs. Uh, their business model is very impressive. Their technology is very impressive. The UI is was the best until I started using Jupiter, and now Jupiter I can bridge, I can do perps. I, I've always wanted a kind of a DEX where I could do everything a one stop shop, and now I have mm. that. Place limit orders and swaps, etc. Staking rewards are very good. It's interchain capable, very strong ecosystem, and the backers are solid. So that's all the good. Um, it has some bad because it's a new chain, like the whales own 94% and Josh. you know things like that. But uh, that's why I own Injective. But even honestly, as well, looking at Injective now, it's looking a little bit toppy. It is. So it is quite toppy. It is quite yeah. toppy. I won't lie to you. It does feel like it. Is, it does feel like it's. Well, I say toppy. Toppy means maybe due for a pullback. You know what I mean? Yeah, or run out of gas, take a breather, like going up, hiking up the Himalayas, you know. Mm. You hit the little plateau, you go flat for a while, then you run again. I mean, if you um, have a look here, let's have a look here. <coughs> so you've got injective po- USD here. Here we go. The point so is, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't FOMO into it at this stage. No, I, wouldn't, I, I, think, I, mean, I, th- I think that chart looks like it needs a bit of a break. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly what I see. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and render. What was your thesis on render? A render is kind of my AI play. So, like you, I look at key narratives and ident- and prize out the winner. And render was my winner from all the fundamentals I look at. Also, it's part of the Solana ecosystem. You know, the deep in play, etc. So, it has that for it too. I can't hear you. Testing. Am I the only one that can't hear him? Or did yeah, I lose my son? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was saying to you, um, uh, in terms of narratives, like the narratives that I'm looking at right now, gaming, AI, uh, Deepen, yep. um, trading. Trading means DEXs slash perpetuals. 
Um, Absolutely. Those are those are kind of narratives. L1s, but I think my winner for the L1 is already Solana, and I don't know how much. How I mean, there might be another L1 that 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 arrives. The narrative that I don't really like. I don't really like L2s. I'm like, yeah, okay, not 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 very very horny on on on, held, on L2s. Um, I am very much deepened. So if you if you've been watching the Hive Mapper token and you've been watching the Helium token and you've been watching like all, all those real deepened plays. It's become a very, very, very interesting place to play. There's also a common denominator there too. That they're all Solana. Who's the biggest? Deep, exactly, they're the biggest deep end player. So deep end is huge. Absolutely I'm gonna go buy some. I'm gonna go buy some more Solana <laughs> after the <this> show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good times all around. Uh, what else is happening in the world as well? I think you know Bitcoin adoption is going through the roof, which is positive. Um, like I have a chart here that shows you where that's kind of going. I just put some random stuff together. Number of address with non-zero balance. It's above 50 million now. And it's just going up and to the right. And that also drives the value of the network. Bitcoin fees are blasting through the roof. Uh, that's going to drive the miners bonkers. A lot of fear I had, you know, if the fees didn't go through the roof, if Bitcoin price didn't go to $70,000, the miners would go out of business or they wouldn't be able to make a profit. But now with the fees, yes, they can. And 37 bucks, yeah, it's high, but uh, it's all driven by the ordinal stuff too. So a lot of um, interesting stuff this? happening. What about this? Uh, ICP. What do, you think of, what do you think of ICP? Yeah, so I like to look at where it came from. I like to look at the structure of the project. And if I ever say anything bad about it, the, the army comes after me like I do. I make a lot of enemies. And uh, yeah, I it wouldn't touch it. Okay, it's just you know, it, it's real simple. Everybody, you got to be in the top one percent of assets. Ignore the ninety nine percent. All right, if you really want to win, be focus in the on excising the best. Yeah. Mm. All righty, my friend. Right, listen, that's my simple, always my rule. It's been amazing, amazing, amazing having you on Banter. Guys, two things. Number one, before we go, subscribe to Banter Plus. This is where we're going to bring you a lot of this content. I think, we're going to, I think James, when are we doing another portfolio? Should we do another portfolio? We did one before. Yeah. Let's, let's do another yeah. one. So I'll talk to Fred and uh, we'll schedule that. We have to do it before Christmas because people yes. want to be in their positions before Perfect. 2024. We'll arrange before and, Christmas. And I do have a request as well. Um, can we decide in our portfolios before we do the video? Sure, let's do that. I'll, we'll, we'll I, I, don't, I, I, I want it to be discreet. I don't want us, you know, moving things around because we see stuff each other. I think it's more fun if we do it discreetly. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So we'll before Christmas, James and I will do a show either on our channel, Banter Plus, or on James's channel. Subscribe to James's channel. There is a link below. Um, you've seen that this is one of the greatest guys in the space. He's a number one. He's a great, humble guy, good friend. Number two, he's always prepared. There's no bullshit. It's always research. It's always analytical. This is not one of these guys that's trying to show you anything. He never shows you anything. In fact, so much so that he doesn't show you that when I asked him if I could mention the name of his product to the community, he said, no, I don't want, I don't want everyone getting my alpha. So that's how much he's anti-show, just so you guys get it. Um, James, sending you much love, my friend. It's so good to do a show with you. We used to do one every, every week, but uh, because, of, because of my commitments and your commitments, we couldn't do it. Yeah, I will see you really again hard. before Christmas. I will see you again before Christmas, work, my friend. I work with Fred. All right. Thank Amazing. you, boss. Thank you, brother. See you guys. Have a good one. Bye. And to you guys, um, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us on the Sunday. It's been absolutely amazing. Let's quickly look at some trades. I did some amazing trading this weekend. I won't lie to you. I did. Um, I I shorted Bonk 
from 30 all the way down to 24. I then bought uh, WorldCoin because I knew that the market maker deal was changing. Uh, I bought, what else did I buy yesterday? I bought WorldCoin, I bought ICP. I bought a lot of ICP at about $8. Uh, took some profits at $11. In fact, I think next time I do that, I'm actually going to do a live trading show with you guys. I was going to do it yesterday, but I was out and about. Um, also, guys, uh, remember, this is your last chance in the winner Bitcoin competition. Now, I really want someone to win this Bitcoin. All you need to do is have, have an exchange account using any crypto banter link. You need an exchange to trade. If you're in America, use CoinW. If you're anywhere else in the world, these are your exchanges. Go and predict the price of Bitcoin. Now, I want to tell you why I'm, I'm so gung-ho. You have another week to predict because on Christmas, we stopped this. The guys that predicted in the beginning were predicting when there was a Bitcoin of, of, of $30,000. They had a long way to go. You guys know, like the end of the year is two weeks away. You kind of know what the price is going to be and you get five chances to, to win and you win a full Bitcoin and by the end of the year, that might be worth $50,000. Go and do it. You go to Banter Bubbles, um, you go to the winner Bitcoin, you put in your prediction, you can see that the majority of people's predictions have been... Um, and between 42 and 42, 42,000 to 42,500. That's where everyone's predicting where we're going to be. Uh, also, let's quickly look at the bubbles and just see if there's anything to trade now. I've got those itchy tradey fingers. That's what I've got. Last hour's been good. Beam recovered 4.75%. Phantom up. Uh, Falcon. FTT, I've got a strategy there. Like every time it goes to $5.50, I short it. And then I buy it back and I close my short at like $3.80. And it's been like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Bonk. Staying out for now. Uh, it's not an entry and it's not an exit for me. Uh, Filecoin, good good jump. Not time to get in, but not time to get out. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Listen, guys, I will see you guys again tomorrow. Remember, I'm only broadcasting tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then I'm going on vacation with the family and I'll see you guys again next year. So until I see you guys again tomorrow, trade well, my friends. <laughs>